Ladies and gentlemen, a very good evening and a warm welcome to the Red and Blue Review on this Sunday evening. My name is Nick Philpot and I'm your host this evening as we look back on yesterday's excellent uh, home win against Leicester City. Ladies and gentlemen, before we start the show and before I introduce you to tonight's panel, this show is dedicated to the memory of young Charlie Ellicott. Charlie is a young lad who sadly uh, left us this week. Uh, our love and thoughts go out to John Ellicott and his family. John, for those of you who don't know, have a very, very long connection with the Red and Blue News Facebook page. And indeed, uh, I've known John for many years. And I wish you and your family every happy, every peace. And I hope things go well over the next couple of weeks. And you know what I mean. Uh, so take care, John, and you the rest of your family. Um, let's introduce you, our panel. Okay, we're going to kick off, if you don't mind, uh, with Mr. Noble. Ian, how are you, mate? Uh, very good evening, Nick. Uh, good evening, good. everybody. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Very good indeed. I think buoyant is probably the word. Uh, the legend that is Jim Cannon. Jim, welcome back, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. bit tired after my day of golfing, but not so bad after a good result yesterday. Don't give me that. I bet you had a buggy all day today. No, I didn't. I didn't. I had a trolley, but that's as far as it goes. Uh, re reintroducing to you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jason Cadle. Jason, uh, who we're going to be talking about uh, the Scarf Initiative in a minute. Welcome back, Jace. Evening, evening. Hi. And finally, uh, the now world famous Tim Richards, formerly <laughs> of New Zealand, back under Tim. Welcome back to the show, mate. How are you? I'm good. I've had my new scarf surgically implanted in my neck now because it's obviously the reason we won yesterday. <laughs> so it's staying on the whole time. So, Tim, I understand this week you've had uh, you've been on Talk Sport. Is that right? With the famous Simon Jordan and uh, what's his name, Jim White. How did that go? Uh, it was interesting. It was interesting. It was Friday not. Friday just gone, but the one before. Um, yeah, yeah, it was um, an interesting discussion, shall I say. Well, uh, we contacted uh, Simon Jordan recently to find out what he actually thought about his interview with Tim Richards. What do you think, Nige? Yeah. Riviera has made mistakes. He's a young manager. He's learning his trade. It's entirely down to Parrish and the board, I'm afraid. I don't think a lot of what you've said is particularly fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he tried it. That's not very nice, is it, Tim? It's all right. All, all so I will say is Jordan did, did phone me up afterwards and apologise and said, You're absolutely right, but I had to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a lot I'm of Right, Jimbo, we're going to come to you if you don't mind, because I understand you're also celebrating this week. 50 years, 50 years, was it this week that you made your first appearance for the club? Well, I wouldn't say I'm celebrating. It's not something I like to remind about, that it was 50 years ago. But, yeah, it's quite quite a, a milestone, I suppose. Uh, good day. Uh, great result at the time. So, yeah, happy memories. So, for those that you don't know, Jim went on that day. Uh, it was a 2-0 victory over Chelsea, I believe, at Sellers Park. Jim was an integral part of the first team for 15 seasons at Sellers, making over 660 
appearances. That record, I don't think, will be ever be uh, beaten. Jim, I'm going to set you a task, okay, before we kick off. How could your memory? I don't know. <laughs> well, it depends can what you're you going name, to ask me. Can you name the players that you, that you started with on that game? Can you name the team? Can I, can I name the team? Four. Uh, what would have been John Jackson, John Jackson, and goal, correct? Uh, yep. myself, Mel Blythe, Paddy Mulligan, left back, right back, Very Tony good. Taylor, maybe. Uh, midfield would have been yep. Ian Phillips, David Penn, uh, don't know who the other one was. Don Rogers played. Posse? Uh, oh, Derek Posse, yeah. Would have played sort of wide on the right, I suppose. Um, and I don't know the rest of them. Can't remember. It's a good effort. What was it? Alan Whittle. Oh, oh, Martin Hinslewood. Oh, John Craven. Oh, no, he was sub. Derek Posse. Oh, was I got a, a fair few of them. Was that before or after he did his news round? I think... <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what for somebody who bear in mind ladies and gentlemen in Facebook land I had not pre-empted Jim without a question and he just rattled 9 out of 11 off the top of his head pretty impressive mate I wish my memory was as good as that fantastic stuff um, so yesterday uh, everybody you'll be aware that because who's sitting in the picture in the middle of your picture there Jason's fantastic initiative on social media. I'll come to you in a second, Tim. His wonderful initiative about bring a scarf to Palace to add a little bit of colour and a little help with the atmosphere. I think you'll all join me and agree with me that it was a fantastic initiative and it absolutely contributed to what was a rocking atmosphere at Sellers Park yesterday. Jason, where did the idea come from and how do you feel it went? Um, so the idea came to me, well, a couple, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I basically went to Germany a few months ago uh, for a long weekend. Um, I know some Palace fans who live out in Germany and they invited me over there for free games. And I was really impressed with their culture in terms of they all had scarves and they waved them around um, and visually it looked excellent, you know. Um, and I thought to myself a couple of weeks ago, what could what could we do that... At Palace, where all four sides of the ground can get involved, uh, old people, young people, boys, girls, everyone can get involved. And what could look good um, that won't really cost anything, because I would have thought that most people have scarves. Um, and I just thought, what could we do as a club to come together a bit more as fans? And I thought, so I just put it out there on, on my Facebook page, uh, my Twitter page, and generally got a really good support, uh, response to start off with. And then it sort of it sort of spiralled from there. I was getting more and more comments, more people saying, yeah, I'm going to bring the scarf. And parents were saying they've told the kids and the kids are excited. So it sort of it went on from there. And then I contacted the club because I thought to myself, there's only so many people I can reach out to uh, on social media. There's a lot of people that aren't on social media. So I did sort of get involved with the club quite a bit uh, in the marketing part um, and asked them if they could potentially retweet my tweets and, and put something out there. And... Fair play. Um, they did put it on their page that was sort of promoting the, the Leicester game. They did put on there about my initiative, uh, bring a scarf to sell us. So it was really good. Um, I also asked them whether they could do a little bit of a sale on scarves as well. Just for those people that haven't got scarves, could they reduce the price? Because 
something else that I, I, I personally believe is that I think scarves are, are quite overpriced, if I'm honest. They're £15. I think that's quite a lot of money for a scarf. In Germany, they were €5. Euros. Um, yeah. Uh, Jason, you dropped out, mate. Um, uh, we can't hear you. Touch your earphones. Yeah. Uh, great initiative, though, wasn't it? Absolutely fantastic. And it really, really worked. Um, Hello. You know, Sorry, I went there. I'm back on yeah. now. Sorry. Yeah, so I asked the club and they put them on, they put a sale on scarves for uh, for the fans that haven't got scarves, which is which is brilliant. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a club's idea, it was my idea. Um and overall I felt that it went really well. Um it was excellent. I mean, I didn't want it to be too premeditated. I wanted it to feel natural and organic. So I didn't people were asking me, Oh, what's the plan? What's the plan? And I just said, Look, it needs to be natural. You know, whatever fans want to do, that's what they want to do. Uh, and that's the way it was, really. So there was no plan in terms of what to do. When the teams came out, the fan, a lot of fans sort of held the scarves out, which I thought looked good, and we waved them around. And at the end of the game, when we won, it was amazing. Everyone was twirling the scarves. And it just, I just thought, for me, it added to the already was an excellent atmosphere. Um, so, yeah, I think it went well. I think it can go better. I think um, we need to try and spread the word, you know, word around a bit more for the next game uh, and try and sort of give it a bit more of a boost. And I think... And I'm hoping that it gives a, it gives the players a boost, which is what it's about. But the other thing for me as well um, is I just want people to have a bit of fun with it, really, as well. Uh, enjoy it. You know, it's, it's meant to be fun, isn't it? And and I just think, like I said before, everyone can get involved. So, yeah, went well. I was pleased. I was happy. Hopefully we can get it even better. I think you've been, I think you're actually, you've been a little bit I think you've been a bit unfair on yourself, if I'm honest with you. Because if, even if you in, you helped increase the atmosphere, by five or even ten percent yesterday, you need to take mm. an enormous mm. amount of credit for that because uh, the you. place was rocking all afternoon. Mm. It really was mm. good. And I said to you yesterday when I saw you at the back of the homestead, I told you that I was absolutely mightily proud of your achievements, and you need to be congratulated, Thank mate. Well done. Thank you. Cheers. Appreciate it. Really good. So it'd be, next time it'd be nice to hear what people think about it as well. Yeah. Well, go back and have a read in the chat late after the show because I'm telling you now there's already comments going through on there. People wanted to pass on there. Congratulations to you as well. Jason, thank you for Thanks joining so. us, mate. Because we do have breaking news on the Red and Blue Review. Jay, I'll be in touch, mate. Talk to you soon. Take thank care, much. See you later. Bye. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, just to prove that we are super live, this is coming to you at 11 minutes past eight on a Sunday evening. Uh, the breaking news <clears> is Chelsea just sacked Graham Potter, okay, which is probably no surprise. Uh, it goes along with Brendan Rodgers being relieved of his duties following yesterday's 2 1 defeat at Sellers Park. So I can't remember. I think it's, uh, is that now 12, 13 managers? 13. 13. 13. Thank you, Tim, that uh, have been replaced. Tim, you wanted to ask something a minute ago. Sorry about that. No, it was just, it just, I'd just seen about Potter. It was just going to mention that, that he'd gone, that was all. So on that subject, and it seamlessly links us in, Jim, I'm coming to you because because we haven't seen you since the change of management at Sellers Park. And I'm, you know, I will be careful what I ask you, of course. Uh, just your views on the Vieira dismissal. Were you surprised? Uh, do you think it was the right thing? And then the reappointment, of course, of uh, Roy Hodgson. Well, I, th I think it was probably a surprise, the timing. I mean, obviously, we all knew that results weren't what they should have been. <clears throat> but they, sometimes you can tell when managers have lost it a little bit, like the fans are on his back. And, and the players more or less look as if they've down tools. But that, that wasn't apparent with 
with Patrick, maybe the players looked a little bit flat, you know, whether he was trying to get them to do things that maybe they weren't comfortable with, bearing in mind the quality of the player and what he's done in the game. Uh, he's got a lot of lads there that were nowhere near anywhere as good as him. So sometimes maybe complications. I mean, I noticed uh, yesterday, I mean, he, he loved to play out of the back, but when you when you say play out of the back, the goalkeeper rolls the ball outside his six-yard box to two centre-halves. Well, that didn't happen so much yesterday. And, and I just felt that we never got up the park with Patrick. Uh, some of his decisions on substitutes were a bit strange. Personally, I don't think his coaches were any good. I mean, Austin Roberts, I mean, he's, he's a teacher. He's not a coach of these professional footballers. You know, he's, he's more, I think that's where Patrick met him, uh, at some coaching course that he was doing. Um, I think you need a certain mentality to, to work alongside, you know, somebody that can play off of Patrick. And I don't really think the coaches that he had, and I won't say Sean Derry because I think Sean was probably a little bit different, an experienced guy, but was always probably number two as far as uh, Patrick was concerned. So it's, it, it wasn't a shock. I think the timing, uh, some people say, well, we could have given him the Leicester game because he's had loads, loads of hard games against the top teams. And, uh, and then we've got this run of eight games against teams underneath us. And uh, so maybe the timing was wrong, but I wasn't, I wasn't really surprised. And Roy coming back? No, I wasn't surprised with that because there was just nobody else about. Uh, he probably knows the players. I think he realised, I think Roy realises that setting us up to not give anything away is probably not going to keep us in the league. Uh, so I think the players... System changed a little bit. There looked a lot, of, lot more energy about them yesterday. Uh, we were getting the ball forward quicker. Uh, we were getting the ball in behind them quicker. Uh, and the whole thing just looked much more energetic. So it was a harsh, harsh decision because I don't think Patrick had really failed. But it's a results uh, industry. And I think results obviously ultimately got them the sack. Brilliant. And ladies and gentlemen out in Facebook land, boys, I'm coming to you next because I want to ask you the same question. Uh, wherever you are watching in the world, good evening and very warm welcome to you. Uh, it's interesting that Jim had just said, guys, that um, Roy's come back because there wasn't anybody else out there. Questions already in the chat. Would we consider Brendan? Would we consider uh, Mr. Potter? Um, Ian, to you first. Your thoughts? Now you've had time to sleep on the Vieira dismissal and everything else. And then I'll come to you, Tim. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Um, Jim, I totally agree with, with everything you said there. Um, I think when Patrick Vieira first got the sack on that Friday morning, it came as a shock to everyone. I think even Joel Ward said, um, was quoted as saying, um, you know, this is this has come as a bolt out of the blue for us a little bit. However, um, to go that many games without winning and to... Um, and to just be where we were in the league and, and, and the fact that we did look a bit flat... Um, with the international break coming up, I think the time, I think it's probably one of the reasons why Steve Paris pulled the trigger when he did. And what we didn't know at the time, that he had Roy lined up. Of course he had Roy lined up. He made the call to Roy on the Thursday, apparently, 
they've probably been talking to him before that as well, and said, you know, would you be willing to come back for the rest of the season with Ray Lewington? And um, have, having had that affirmative and, and to, to know that he would come back, then he he, he basically got rid of Vieira. Um, I think the Sean Derry thing was something that, you know, was a bit of writing on the wall maybe, um, you know, from, from what happened at Everton away earlier in the season. And um, the fact that Sean Derry wasn't replaced, I mean, you, you don't have a first-team coach and don't replace them. I'm sorry, you just don't. So I was a bit, I was a bit surprised at the time. Uh, but with the passing of time in the last couple of weeks, I realised it's probably the right decision. Um, and similarly, I wasn't overly um, happy that, um, that that Roy was reappointed initially. I thought, oh, we're going back to something. Roy Ball, you know, um, defensive play. Um, you know, we've been bad enough offensively as it is. And yet, um, how wrong was I? How wrong were we all if we thought that on the back of yesterday's performance, which we'll come to shortly? Because it was just a chalk and cheese, the players yesterday, compared to the previous games when you don't have a shot on target for so many games, three or four or whatever it was, and then nine shots on target yesterday, just just totally different. And I think you could see the confidence in the players yesterday. You know, and um, Jim, you played the game. This confidence thing is is a big part of it, isn't it? Surely, with these professional footballers, they're all great players. They've all got lots of skill, but it's this confidence thing that's so important. Do you think? Oh, without a doubt. You know, if you if you're not confident as a team on the park, you've got no chance of doing anything. And I, I mean, I must admit, to play since the start of the year and not win a game. Is don't matter. I mean, you can draw against Manchester City, Liverpool, Newcastle, mm. but uh, the bottom line is you're not winning games and you're dropping down the league, and uh, that affect that affects all players. No matter how good they are, it affects them. So it's a it's a massive thing, confidence, and uh, I think just by that win, will totally transform them. Hopefully, yeah, totally. There's a whole different feel about the club today than there was, you know, a couple of weeks ago when. When Vieira first first went, for sure. Yeah, you say that, Tim. I'm coming to you. I don't. I don't think you had a chance to answer that last point. But before I do, uh, we we went into the weekend four points above the relegation zone. The one stat that hasn't I haven't seen banded around at all anywhere today is. Anybody see where we are now? I'll come to that. Five points cool. above the relegation. Exactly the same, Tim. Your your thoughts on that subject? Yeah, I was. I think much like everyone else, I was surprised when Vieira went, um, and it kind of smacked almost the same as Frank de Burr to me, in that the owners wanted to change the direction of the football club, change the style of the play, brought these for, brought these managers in to do that, but with one hand tied behind their back, because they didn't give them enough resources or have enough money to spend on the kind of players that would be able to play the way that these managers wanted to play. Uh, it, what I'd like to know or figure out is is how so many of our players seem to have regressed this year backwards from where they were last year. Uh, Roy, again, when it was initially said about Roy, I was like, why are we going back to Roy? But then when the dust settled and I thought about it a bit more, it almost seemed like a perfect decision to me. And I say that because we have to stay in the Premier League. But at the end of the day, we have to stay in the Premier League and there's only 10 games to go. So there's no way you could bring a brand new manager who's never been at the club in with only 10 games to go and expect them to get much out of the players that hasn't already been got. 
So bringing Roy back, who knows most of the players, and what's interesting to see, and I said to Ian yesterday, is say what you want about Roy, and I've said a lot of things about Roy, but he never had the investment or the calibre of player that Vieira had to work with when he was at the club. Now he has. I know it's only one game, and I know see your comments that I was only Leicester, but even so, what he managed to get out of those players yesterday, I don't remember the last time Vieira managed to get that out. And it's almost like Gallagher, when Vieira lost Gallagher, he lost any kind of clue on what to do. And I, I, I think, yeah, I mean, going forward, Potter, I wouldn't have Rod, I wouldn't have the ex-Leicester manager. But Potter, seeing what he did at Brighton, I, I'd, I'd have Potter. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, I think what we do is we're going to move on to a little bit of other news from around the club. Uh, in case anybody out there, before we get on to the yesterday's game, uh, the news came out of the club, I think it was during the day, or during the morning yesterday, that two of our uh, two of our nine had actually extended their contracts. We're aware there was a load of players out of contract, including Guaita. Guaita, we know that they've signed an extension. And so indeed is Jeffrey Schlupp and Jordan Ayew. The pair will remain at the club for at least a further year after agreeing new terms, joining Vincente Guaita in pledging their futures to the club. So there's the list. Okay, that list is decreasing, as we know. Uh, and so it's quite positive. And that is the up-to-date list. Nigel's already got that up-to-date. Good lad, Nigel. Um, and Ian, your thoughts on those two players, those two much maligned players, and we'll leave yesterday's performance is out for the minute. We're going to discuss that in great detail. Yeah. Your thoughts on those two in particular? Jordan Ayew um, always gives 110%. Um, you know, I, I funny enough, it's, it's difficult to talk about him without talking about yesterday, um, but I was saying to Tim in the ground that I've been defending Jordan Ayew on this pod for a long time, and um, I actually didn't think he was doing too well at one point yesterday. Um, but for a year, I'm, I'm, I'm comfy with that. I'm pleased to see him sign um, and the other one was Jeff Sloop. Yeah, is that right? Um, I, I thought he had one of his best games for a while yesterday. I thought he played really, really well. Offensively linked up with Zaha really well in the first half on the left-hand side. So, uh, yeah, I think for a year contract, um, I think that's perfect for both of them. Perfect fit for them as individuals, as professional footballers and for the football club. Jim, good squad players, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, they're both decent players. You know, like on the day, they're really good. Uh, I wouldn't say that they're really good every time they play, but the the players that you would probably definitely want in and around the squad. Uh, and I would like, all right, Ian saying there about you know not, but he he set up the goal really well. Maybe maybe he's play, maybe he's been playing in the wrong position, playing wide on the left. Well, we can't hear you, Nick. Can't hear you, Nick. Sorry, guys. Somebody made that comment in the chat just a minute ago, Jim, that, you know, the difference yesterday was the players were actually playing in their right positions. I actually called it at half past 12 yesterday lunchtime with a group of lads I go to football with. I said, I, uh, I bet you a pound to a piece of what's it that Roy will start Eze today. Uh, Eze had his best season ever under Roy Hodgson, and Roy knows what his ability, and I guarantee you will start, as it proved to be the case. Right, we're going to stop there for a minute, ladies and gentlemen, because I would like a little bit of self-indulgence, if you please. The Red and Blue Review are self-funded. These guys all give up their evenings, including the ledge, Jim Cannon, for their Sunday evening 
free of charge. Nobody takes anything out of it. In fact, we actually fund the software ourselves. We fund the website ourselves as a part of the team. But we need your help. We would like you, please, as there is plenty of you watching at the moment, just to take one minute out of your day and have an opportunity to win one of these babies. Look in here. What they are. Ian, hold up yours, please, mate, so oh, okay. we can see what it is. We have had a new delivery of these. The wonderful Red and Blue Review mugs. Now, what we're going to do is we need your help. And what we need your help with is we need you to jump onto our YouTube channel. There it is on screen for you. Uh, the at Red and Blue Review 8132. Please jump on there and subscribe. And when you've done it, come back into the chat and let us know. Just put the word done. And six of you this evening, uh, so we've been looking at the numbers increasing on the YouTube channel. There's your, all you've got to do is take an image of that uh, QR code that's on your screen right now. Okay, take an image of that. It'll take you straight to the uh, YouTube channel. Like and subscribe that page. Come back onto the chat and tell us that you've you've done it. And six of you, we will pick out, pick out at random. We'll actually take uh, one of those mugs and we'll post it out to you. So please, please, please help us lift our YouTube um, facial content and everything else. We just need more help on our YouTube channel. And we would love you to come, jump on there and get it done for us. Facebook user, you can't do it because you're showing me Facebook user. And also we've got our Instagram account run by Tom Clark Samuels, red underscore and underscore blue underscore review. Please jump on there and, and give that a like. But the important one for us over the next few weeks is to increase our presence on our YouTube channel. Please, please, please get on there and, and let us know when you've done it this evening. Okay, we, can, we know what the number was when we came on air this evening and we will be looking for the numbers to increase. And once we've done that, uh, once we pick out the piece of people off the chat right now, we will send one of these out in the post you over the next couple of weeks, okay? They are brand new in the box, and we've got plenty of them. Get out there. You never know. Jim Cannon might even autograph one or two of them for you. never know. The trouble is I've got to meet up with you to do that first. And, and uh, Jim, because uh, I never see you. Okay, moving on to other teams around Sellers Park. What's been going on around the scenes? We kick off with the under-18s. Saturday the 1st, uh, this Saturday, just gone. What a cracking result this is. Have a look at that on your screen. Palace were away, Palace under 18s were away at Southampton and they trounced them 7 1. That's not a football score, that's a, that's a massacre. Uh, up next for the under 18s, they are at home to Norwich City on Saturday the 15th at 12 o'clock. The under 21s, the under 21s had a mammoth task. They, were, they had to go away to Liverpool in the Premier League International Cup at the Liverpool Academy and they beat them 1 0. What a fantastic result that was! for the under-21s. Their next game is the... Pre hey, ladies and gentlemen, that was a stonking result. And then their next game is uh, away at Chelsea at Kings Meadow in the Premier League 2. The women, however, have had two or three games since we last saw you. Uh, on Wednesday, the 22nd of March, uh, they lost 3-1 away at Birmingham. Uh, last Sunday, they played Blackburn at home and an excellent 1-0 uh, home win. And today, Nigel Croucher, our producer this evening, uh, he saw them up in Sunderland. Uh, they were playing at the Eppleton Colliery Welfare Ground where they ran out 2-1 winners. 
um, which was a fantastic result. That result now lifts. Um, which was a fantastic result. Which that result now lifts. Fantastic result. Which that result. What happened then? Jim, we've lost you, Jim. I don't know what happened there, mate, but we lost you. Uh, that, yeah, that result into fifth place, uh, just behind Birmingham, who incidentally is our next game. Our next game is Sunday, the 16th of April at Hayes Lane, home game against. Feedback going on there. I don't know if it's Jim's, Jim's end. Jim, are you there, mate? Yeah, it's all right. Give me a chance. Where am I? Can't see myself. Nice. Yeah, that's better. Okay, so um, that's a two o'clock kickoff at Hayes Lane, Palace at home to uh, Birmingham City. And that result, uh, bear in mind, there is three points between us and Birmingham could actually lift us into uh, fourth place with a bit of luck. So well done to all the girls that played today. Uh, I know Nigel's got the line up there somewhere. Uh, and uh, it was a fantastic result. Well done to each and every one of you. Uh, Lone Watch, should we do Lone Watch later night? Uh, Ian, should we do Lone Watch later? Yeah, if you like, yeah. Yeah, we'll come back to Lone Watch a little bit later, if you don't mind. Um, I'll give you a chance to say something. Um, uh, we're going to kick over now to Ian Noble, who's going to run you through A, the lineup to start with, and B, yesterday's game. Ian. <coughs> Thank you, Mick, very much indeed. Jim's back with us. Um, someone said, Jim's subscribing to YouTube. <laughs> 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 right, let's, Nigel, let's get the lineup up. Here we go. So, two o'clock yesterday afternoon, this gets released. Uh, Guitry, Goal, Ward, Gahey, Anderson, Mitchell, usual back four. Um, the Cure played deep, holding midfield role. And then Eze starts, which was great news. Schlup, Elise, Edward, and Zaha with the armband. Really interesting. And I think I'm right in saying that when uh, Eze, Elise, Edward, and Zaha have started together, twice previously we've won both games and uh, they started together yesterday and of course we won yesterday um from the substitutes bench um amada was missing um i don't know what the the story is with him and of course uh, sambi lakonga didn't get on either and had been playing under patrick vieira so um those things um are probably worth commenting on um, my goodness me how how quickly did we start you know out of the blocks um really, really quickly on the front foot offensively. Uh, Wilfred Zaha had a shot after 30 seconds on goal. Um, you know, and, and they kept the, the shots just, the efforts on goal just kept coming thick and fast, early doors, to Kure from the edge of the box. Um, and then Leicester's first meaningful sort of foray into our into our their final third, our penalty area, you know, they had a cross-come shot. They hit the, hit the woodwork, which, you know, left heart in the mouth sort of thing. And um, thankfully, we got it away. Um, Eze was a handful all afternoon, as we've already said. Um, low, hard shot from him. Um, and all this happened before the 15th minute, when we the ground stood as one to applaud uh, Charlie Ellicott's life, which I thought was absolutely a fabulous moment um, for, for everyone uh, involved with the football club. And uh, it's such a sad thing to have happened um, you know, it's just the wrong order of things and we don't want to dwell it, on it too much. But I think it was fabulous the way the, the Crystal Palace fan base responded to that yesterday. Really good. Um, Wilf had a shot saved wide from the left. Um, and as I've already alluded to, um, Wilf and uh, Jeffrey Schlopp linked up really, really well together 
Edouard included in that as well. And there was one occasion when VAR checked for a handball, not given uh, a corner only. Lisi takes the corner. Anderson headed just wide. Um, and then Anderson is, is, is you know, when you're at your centre-backs getting forward and linking up with the attack like they were, it just shows you how much on the front foot we were. So Anderson crosses the ball. Uh, Wilfred Zaha, aerobatics, really. Um, the, the ball will get nowhere near the goal, but it looked good from where I was sitting. And then came that moment towards the end of the first half when Wilf is um, on the edge of the penalty area left. He's got the ball at his feet and he just crumbles. He just crumbles. No one's near him and he just goes over. And you know immediately that it's a problem. Um, there he is. And, uh, you know, just, you know, just knew. And, and uh, it just took, a, took the shine off such a really good first half of football. And, you know, I was saying to people around me, how on earth are we not winning this game at half time? Uh, grimace from Wilf as he walks off down the touchline in front of the main stand. And um, Jordan Ayew on in his place, and it's nil-nil at half time. Um, I don't know what the rest of you guys, before we get into the second half, what your thoughts were on um, a couple of those players. So um, let's take uh, Eberetche Eze first and foremost. Um, Jim, your, your thoughts on Eze that first half yesterday? Oh, he was, I thought he was quality. I, he, I thought he was quality throughout the match. Uh it's the first time I've seen him really actually going and taking people on. Uh, and again, I relate back to Patrick, where maybe he was a bit wary of losing the ball or, or not doing. I think he just looked as if he was playing with a bit more freedom and it didn't matter on the odd occasion if he maybe lost the ball. But, I mean, some of his runs were spectacular. He, he had won in the first half, I think, over on the right-hand side and he, he ended up with a bit of a shot. But, yeah, he, he was superb. Yeah, that that moment when he when he did, he, he a player was sort of trying to pull him back, and he sort of he jumped over the guy almost, you know, and, yeah. and went past two or three players before he shot hard and low to the keeper's uh, right, I think. And uh, Everson had a good game in their goal, I thought. You know, you could see why he was selected ahead of Danny Ward in the last couple of games for Leicester City. Uh, Tim, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I watching him yesterday. I don't think well, he hasn't played that well since before his injury. Um, I think basically that's the best he's played. Whether it's uh, Vieira, whether he was overawed by Vieira, whether he's, he feels more comfortable with with Hodgson, seeing it was Hodgson that brought him to the club. Um, so whether he feels that Hodgson's got more faith in him, he feels more love. I, I don't know, but but long may it continue. That that was the form as they showed before his injury. Um, so I just hope he keeps doing it. It was interesting that, I mean, Eze wasn't even getting a start under Vieira, was he, no. in the last few weeks? No. You know, he was on the bench and he was playing, you know, the cameo roles. Um, I mean, he came off the bench at Brentford and made a difference by scoring. Um, but, you know, he, he's been a shadow of the player he was until yesterday when he, he just upped his game and was, you know, rightly man of the match and, and at times absolutely unplayable. Nick? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. In the very first couple of minutes, you could see that he, A, he was up for the game. Obviously, Roy put his arms around him and said, come on, this is your time to go and express yourself. Roy was at the previous home game before Patrick got uh, dismissed, don't forget. So he, he, he'd seen how Eze had been playing. And the first thing I shouted from the stands was, glide, Eze, glide. Okay, And with that, he's got the ball. And he, uh, he was, I think he was just in front of Joel Wall, but he picked it up. And the next thing he's 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 gone through the centre circle, okay, and played the ball out to Wilf on, on the left. Um, 
That so he was, heard you, did he? What you're saying, he heard you oh, from no, the oh, no. um, That's what we wanted to see, though, wasn't it? As a, as a fan base, that's what we've all wanted to see. You know, to release the shackles and let him express himself. Let him and Elise play. And the point I made to you earlier this afternoon, Ian, is it was interesting to see the the way that Eze, Elise and Zaha and Edward, to a, to a degree, all linked up. Okay, They're, they were they were playing as a unit as opposed to four individuals, and it yeah. was and, and it was just fantastic to see. I do want to talk about the uh, Wilf injury when you get a minute. Go on, mate. You yeah, yeah, okay. So you know, let, let's do, let's do that now. Then let's uh, let's talk about that Wilf injury. Um, you, you know, Wilfred Zaha, you, you know, he's injured when he goes off. He's not going to go off unless he's injured. Um, interestingly, I think when he when he got injured against Newcastle, he was a different injury. He took him a little bit of time to to you know, actually get off the pitch in the end. But yesterday he went straight off. Um, what are our thoughts about that? Do we? We just don't know, do we? I mean, the, the, I think Roy Hodgson was asked, asked asked after the game. You know, is it going to be a long time? We just don't know. Usually with a groin, it is a little while. Um, do you think we've, we're going to? Do you think we're going to see him again in the red and blue shirt, or is it was that too dramatic to say that? I I think he will be. I mean, he was at the boxing last night, so I mean, I mean, I think I would have thought the cobbler said if the injury was severe, they wouldn't be particularly happy about him going off to watch watch the boxing. But sure. I think he'll be back. Yeah, let, let's hope so. Um, yeah, I think I think it's a good point, Tim. Actually, you know, he doesn't go off and enjoy himself at the boxing if it's a, a really bad injury. You know, he's got to uh, wrap himself in cotton wool. Ian, I think he's got. To, I think he's got to the point here where he's got to that age where he is now starting to pick up multiple mm. niggles. Um, yes, he's still recovering quite quickly. My fear is that it's actually worse than we realise. Uh, Jim's probably the best person to know with that type of injury. I mean, if you're talking about a six-week layoff, there, that's two weeks before the end of the season. Your question is, do we ever see him in a red and blue shirt again? I would be doubt. I, I would be highly doubtful that we would if it's as severe as it looked when he came off. Jim, what are your thoughts, mate? Well, much the same. You you can't tell. I mean, the, the only people that can tell are the physio and the doctor. Uh, it could be a deep-grained injury or just a light strain. The way he went down, I think he'd, I'd noticed he was sort of like, feeling it a little bit before because he, he he didn't have put a lot of work in there and when the muscles start to tire a little bit and the time when he actually went down he'd actually skinned two players and he was just about to go into the box and either cross mm. it and it just like when them things happen you just like he, he knew it was bad but it could be two weeks it could be six weeks he could, could be back next week you can't yeah. tell I mean, I mean, maybe a better question would be, um, how do you think we'll fare without him um, going into the Leeds game, the Southampton game? Um, you know, we did all right in the second half yesterday. Obviously, we won the game. We came from behind 1-2-1. One, one. Um, but, we, you know, let's, you know, it's one game, OK? We feel a lot better about the, uh, about the position in the league, notwithstanding the fact that we're still just four points above the drop zone. But we've got two tough away games, Leeds and Southampton, next up. How do we think we'll play fair without him, Tim? It is a loss. I mean, especially the way he played yesterday. It's going to be a loss to any club when a player like that is missing. Uh, but you've got to be confident. I mean, not only was it a win yesterday, it was the level of performance, even without Wilf, was, was impressive. And even when we went 
one up, or we, so we, we equalised. Even though Roy's there, we didn't stop. We kept going. We kept pushing for the points. So you've got to be confident. You've got to get behind the team. And you, yeah, I mean they're difficult games. Don't get me wrong. But both those teams are struggling at the moment. So we've got the calibre of player. And if he keeps playing, keeps them playing the way they are at the moment, the confidence from yesterday. Yeah, I mean they're difficult games, but I'm looking at four points at least between from yeah. from those two games. Okay. I would say. Okay, well, we'll we'll come back to that. I think um, towards towards the end, I'm sure with Nick. Um, I'm, I'm going to move on to the second half now, Nick. If I may, is that all right? Okay. Yeah, so you know, we come out the second half. Um, you know, we're all asking ourselves the question: How on earth are we not leaving at half time? Um, and then um, whether it was because we didn't have Wilf starting the second period or not, but we st- we tended to sit back a bit, didn't we? And Leicester started the second half the stronger of the two teams, um, and they got their goal in 56 minutes. Um, that Ricardo, who was the right back, um, who came off the bench at half time, um, you know, he had the he had the uh, freedom of Sellers Park um, when he took this shot on. I mean, I don't think that picture does it justice, really. Um, is that the right picture? Yeah, I think it is. Um, it is it yeah. doesn't do it justice because he picks the ball up outside the penalty area, and he's got no one near him. Whether Jeff Slope should have been tracking back, I don't know, but he, he, he t- obviously takes his goal very, very well, and, we're, and suddenly we're one down, um, but. <laughs> I think the thing that heartened me most was the way we just started then to get back into it so quickly. And I think the fact that we got the goal back really quickly within three minutes, we hardly gave those Leicester fans the chance to sing their song about how um, SH1C must you be, we're winning away. Because, you know, within three minutes we've we've equalised. Um, and um, it was Elise's cross initially, Edward's um, uh, effort on goal, um, and then from the resulting corner, uh, Eze had the ball on the edge of the box and he gets fouled. It was a foul. Uh, he takes a free kick himself, but Michael Elise is standing over it as well. So they don't know whether it's going right or left foot. And it was a great free kick. You know, it was uh, just onto that bar. And we were talking pre-show about the fact that we haven't had a lot of luck this season. We got a bit of luck there, didn't we? You know, because the ball hits the bar, it comes down, it hits Everson's backside, I think, and then rolls over the line. And um, the announcer gets the privilege of shouting out own goal. And we'll have to shout out a goal afterwards, which is like it's a bit crass. But there we are. Um, and uh, there he is, very happy. Uh, Eberece Eze with his assist for the goal. Um, did anyone see what Mark Gahey did when um, when 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 he went in? They all went sort of followed through. And Gahey, he, he got in Everson's face. He was a bit naughty, actually. You know, he, he, did anyone else notice that? That's it. That's it. Yeah, go back and watch it again. And he's going up to his, Everson, you know, and just sort of goading him a bit, you know, saying how great, you know, we've scored uh, in his face. So he needs to be a bit careful with that kind of thing. But uh, he didn't get into trouble for it. Um, the next sort of noticeable piece of uh, action in, in the half was a through ball um, from Leicester. And uh, Madison was running through the middle. And I thought Mark Gahey initially and sort of threw his arm up, Um you know, and he got away with it. It wasn't uh, it wasn't that much. It was hardly noticeable. Obviously, the referee didn't spot it. VAR didn't pick up on it. And the ball runs through to Goita. Madison stays down on the pitch for a little while. But I thought he was a little bit lucky there. Um, I don't know what other people think in the chat. Did anyone else notice that in the game yesterday? Yeah, I saw it live. I saw it live and I thought to myself, uh, either Madison is playing playing a game there or he really did clock him. But the fact that he stayed down as long as he did, he, he obviously clearly did clock him. I, I think I he did. Back. Nah. Nah. 
Tim? No, he was doing it all game. They were like any slight thing. And I think, no, I don't think the referee had a brilliant game, but it wouldn't surprise me if the ref was getting fed up with the Leicester players, especially Madison always getting in his face, making mountains out of molehill like they've been poleaxed. And I, I mean, it was a challenge. It was, I mean, Jim's here. <laughs> he wouldn't know. Um, he got in the way. I mean, it was far less than other stuff that had been going on. So, yeah, I, I don't have it at all. Fair challenge, Jim, do you think, from Mark Gahey or Madison? Yeah, yeah, it was just... Oh, uh, yeah. Madison, Madison just played it up a little bit, didn't he? Yeah. You know, it, it, it was a it was hard challenge, but, I mean, it was a nothing challenge in the sense. But players today, I mean, they do like to lie down and roll about for 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Dawn Palace on the chat says, Gahey stepped across Madison, I think he did. And, and I just thought, when I watched it back, I thought... We got a, we just got away with it one there. So again, you know, like the goal, you know, suddenly the the gods are on our side a little bit. Yesterday, maybe um, with that one not being given. Um, as a you know, we've talked about him being in the game all the time. He was man of the match. He had then had an effort low to the keeper's left, really good from the edge of the box. Um, uh, Ayu gets the wide on the right hand side, plays in Mateta, who heads over the bar. Um, at the time, I thought he looked a little bit offside. Wasn't given as offside, of course, and of course it wasn't looked at because it wasn't a goal. But had it gone in, um, I suspect he might have just been off. And then while we're all then looking at ourselves, thinking, let's just not lose this game now. I don't know what you thought. If you're in the ground at um, 90 minutes, 92 minutes, I'm thinking, you know, let's just not lose this now. If you can't win it, don't lose it. That old adage. And um, I didn't expect to see us go ahead. And, and create something and, and score the winning goal. I don't know what other people thought. Um, Tim, you were sitting right in front of me. Um, what were your thoughts on 90 minutes, 91 minutes, maybe? Um, less than 94 minutes when I had an Ian Noble projector across the top of my head as he came forward. Um, but no, it was. I was just hoping it wasn't going to be one of those games where we lose concentration and, you know, they score and they score like a 93rd minute winner sucker punch goal. Um, but I was just pleased with the way we kept going. We kept going to the three points. We didn't just sit back. Yeah. I think if we had have done and invited them on, it might have been different, but it wasn't. So it was great. But did it not surprise you that we did that? I mean, Jim, did it yeah, surprise absolutely. you? Did it absolutely. surprise you that we pushed on yeah. for the winning goal? Uh, no, not really. Because, I mean, a point was no good. I mean, I know... Even a few people in Spironi's when I was there saying, well, you know, we would have settled for a point. Why? A no. point would have just put us like two points worse off than what we are at the moment. And we're only three points above relegation or whatever. So I, I think the players knew. And I think because we had, had so much pressure for such a long time in both halves mm. that I still believe that they thought they could maybe score a goal. And they just kept going. And... I mean, I must admit, a minute ago, you're thinking it's not going to happen, but at least they didn't try and sit back and protect it. And uh, they got they got the just rewards in the end because it would have been a travesty if they hadn't have won it. Yeah, I don't disagree with him, the, the last bit for sure. Gary Clark says in the chat, we deserved it. Better side throughout. Should have had it wrapped up by half-time. Yes, we should have had it wrapped up by half-time. We didn't. The game plan in the first half didn't quite come off. Nick? I'm being grasped up in the chat, okay, by Richard Bloody Harvey, right? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to cast you my back a few years. 
where I called out the entire Crystal Palace fan base and I got dogs abused for it, okay? I got absolutely slated for it. I actually even had a death threat over calling out the Crystal Palace fan base when we went 4-0 down at half-time at home to Sunderland, okay? And if you look at your screen now, you'll know that I have a confession to make. I have a confession you to make. You your way home! I, was, I left the ground on 92 minutes. I missed the goal. Oh, my goodness <laughs> me. Oh, my goodness me. We better not show that last bit. No swearing on this family show. I think that's far, quite That is to Richard Harvey, by the way. And Harvey, you know you're, what you're going to get. I could tell him the story about Brighton last week, but I won't. Okay. So, no, yeah. Confession of mate. you the man up to it and, and admit to it, Nick, that you weren't in the ground for that winning goal. I'll tell you what. Let me talk you through it then, uh, if, you, if you weren't there. <laughs> um, so... Jordan Ayew, he receives the ball from Tarek Mitchell. Tarek Mitchell plays the ball out from the back. He gives it to Ayew. He's on the halfway line or even in his own half. He turns and he dribbles. He takes the ball up the pitch a little bit. And instead of going wide left, he cuts inside. He goes across the pitch um, and then he looks up. He's got a couple of players with him and he managed to hold them off. And he passes the ball through to uh, Mateta, who uh, turns. He takes a touch. His first touch was sublime. His second touch was even better, and he puts it in the back of the net on 94 minutes. We just could not believe we'd seen what we what we were watching. It was brilliant. The, the Jordan Ayer run, for me, was reminiscent of the goal he scored against West Ham on that boxing day yeah. in the season when he had, you know, when he was player of the year. Um, you know, remember, when he'd run through the box, beat about two or three players and stuck it in. His, his close control was absolutely first class. And by the way, that photograph there is my picture that I took from the main stand, which isn't bad, actually. I'm quite proud of that. And uh, there he is putting the ball into the net, um, replayed after the final whistle, I hasten to add. I took that on the big screen above the executive boxes of the Wilds Lane end. Um, Roy, did you see Roy? When when um, he put the ball in, Roy just sort of yeah. just stood there and smiled. He was calm, this personified. And I wonder, you know, because he's getting on a bit, I just wonder whether he just has been told by his doctor, don't celebrate the goals, you know, just be calm all the time, Roy. But he was, he was absolutely calm. And if if Roy has got that calmness about a situation like that, just think how good that must be when he can relate to the players, important instructions when everyone else is losing it around them. You know, so I, I was very pleased to see that personally. Um, Nick. Yeah, just very quickly. I've read all your comments going through in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I know Nick Philpott should get a red card. Nick Philpott should this. Uh, Richard Callanger just said, Nick must leave now on 92, 92nd minute on every game. Nick, did you not hear the crowd go up after, as the goal went in, as I walked down the Homesdale Road? Yes, I bloody did. Okay, yes, I bloody did. Uh, the, one, the, one did mate, the one thing I did make, the one thing I did notice when I finally did see the goal, Ian, was that ball in from Ayu. First of all, how well he dribbled it in from the from the touchline into yeah. his position, but yeah. he didn't pass that ball to Mateta. He drilled it at Mateta, and as you quite rightly alluded to, his touch to control that at that pace because he did drill it hard. Was a good touch, took that turn and shot. It was a good goal. So yeah, I take every, all your comments on board, ladies and gentlemen. I have seen them all. Thank you very much. I mean, there, there was some doubt. I mean, you know, after he, after we were still celebrating, whether you know VAR would look at it, um, and it was was it going to be offside because it, it was tight. You know, he was definitely onside. By the way, there's no doubt yeah. about that when you watch it back. But in real time, you can't tell. 
So, um, you know, I was asking myself the question as we were going a bit mental in the main stand. I was jumping on Tim's head. Are you, are you there, Tim? You woke, woken up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Up. It's all right. Getting a message. Has he fallen asleep again? Um, so, no, no. Yeah, Simon yeah. Jordan. Sorry, um, Simon <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for VAR. And do, 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 you know, and it'd be ruled out, you know, but it wasn't. It was onside. And what a way to win a game. And those of you that were at Brentford away, when we had those two points snatched away from us on the 96th minute, just desserts, you know, it's it's nice that it happens the other way round. And we did get some luck, some good fortune, call it what you will yesterday. Um, but we deserved it. It's about time it happened. And I think it's just going to give everyone a lift around the whole club um, going into the Leeds game next weekend. Um, I thought, just a word about Eze again, I thought he was fantastic. Definitely passed the eye test. And uh, deservedly, man very, of the match. Ian, very quickly, sorry to interrupt you. Som Kirsten in the chat saying, show some respect. Stop calling him Woy. You have not heard one of the team calling him that tonight, Som. So please don't accuse us, if that's what you're doing, of calling him Woy. You would not get that from any of this panel, I'm telling you now. Absolutely. If I, if I ever heard anybody calling him that, I would call them out. So if, if that was aimed at us, Som, please retract it. Ian, carry on. I, I've noticed that, but no, absolutely right. Uh, I've been calling him Roy all evening, um, and I haven't once said anything other than that, and I wouldn't um, wouldn't dream of it. Um, I think the other thing I want to say about the IU assist was that if that is that if that's Wilfred Zaha that does that, we're waxing lyrical, aren't we? If yep. that's Zaha that takes the ball up and knocks it in through like that, we're going, wow, Will, brilliant, brilliant. And, of course, we need to give IU credit where it's due because it was a brilliant, brilliant assist. Uh, and it was a brilliant finish by me. You know what it reminded me of, Ian? Do you remember the uh, the playoff semi-final down at uh, the Amex, where I think it was KG put the ball into Zaha? Yes. yes. Oh, yes. That goal yes. reminded me of that goal. I don't know if it did yeah. anybody else. No, you're not wrong. Very similar, very similar in, in many respects, yeah. Good. So, you know, we we come out two on winners, um, and the atmosphere at the end was unbelievable. You missed it, Nick. Shame about that, because it was a real party <laughs> uh, for a little while. And, um, and, yeah, so on to the next. I think it's a, it's a shame we're not playing at Sellers for another three weeks. Uh, we've got two tough away games. Here are the match stats. Um, wow, look at this. You know, possession even. But 31 shots to their three. Nine of them on target to their two. Ten corners. They just had a single corner and they failed us more than we failed them. Now, um, I don't care what anyone says. That's the coaching that's done that. They're the same group of players... And we have three or four games with Vieira, not a single shot on target. Suddenly we've got nine shots on target. And, and I'm just, I mean, Jim, I'd be interested in your thoughts on this. Do you think that Patrick Vieira had a, a view that said something like, you know, don't shoot unless you're fairly certain of scoring or, or something along those lines? Uh, my view is that we were playing against a crap side on Saturday. Okay. And they allowed us, they allowed us to have as many shots I mean, 31 shots is a, a lot. I know I know they're not all on target and they, they defended really well. But yeah, maybe Patrick wanted more more steady, slower build-up. But certainly on Saturday, everything was a lot quicker. People were getting in the box, trying to... You know, sometimes I watch players and they lay it off and they lay it off and they lay it off. You know, if you don't buy a raffle ticket, you don't win a prize. So I've shots at goal. If people block it, then have another shot. So I thought it was obviously a lot different. Whether Patrick won through maybe a more of a sculptured build-up, and you know, you got to remember he's been used to playing with 
real quality players, both at Arsenal and he was at, when he was at City. Uh, the, these players are not in that same category. But yeah, it was it was a hundred times better, and it was just nice to see people getting forward, getting in the box. And you talk about that Ayu, uh, the pace of the pass is what created the goal. Uh, I know it was hard, but uh, it meant that he just had one touch and a goal. Uh, if it had come a little bit slower, he would have had to do something with it and try and mm. turn. And the pace of the pass, whether it was meant to hit that hard is what actually made it such a nice position for Mateta to score. Sure, absolutely. Um, I think Fergus says here, I think Roy just told the players to go out and play their own game. Pains me to say it, but that's how Deservey does it at Brighton. Look what they're doing. Yeah, fair play, Ferg. Good point. Nick, back Tim? to you. Yeah, just following a question, I forget, I didn't see who was erased, I can't remember, sorry, but because of yesterday, would you start with Mateta for the Leeds game, or would you keep the same starting 11 minus uh, Wilf, who probably won't be playing? Well, I'll go with Me. that. Sorry, you go, Jim. Well, no, I would keep, I would definitely keep the same team. Uh, I've, I've had a big problem with Vieira, who kept changing things. I don't think any of them centre-forwards have ever really been given a, a run. And I, I think Edward, I thought he had a really good game yesterday, Edward. He sort of he brought a lot of people into the game. He held it up well. He looked dangerous. He linked up quite a few times with different players. And I think somebody like him needs a few games. But then you've also got the option of when he runs out of steam or you want something different, then you've got Mateta. But I certainly wouldn't change it. I'd, I'd, Patrick used to annoy me the amount of times he would... Will Hughes had a brilliant game when he first came on a few months ago. And the next game, he left them out and we lost the game. And you think, why? He was the best player on the park. So uh, hopefully, he'll keep the same team. Hopefully. Uh, you know You've just taken the words out of my mouth. I wouldn't change it either. I would start uh, Edward because he was a workhorse yesterday. He interlinked with uh, Eze, uh, Elise and Zaha really well. We're going to hold it there for a minute because we've actually had more people. Ladies and gentlemen, since we've been on air, since I mentioned it earlier, uh, 16 of you have done what we requested. Okay, here it is. Okay, one brand new mug. There's loads of them in here. Uh, the numbers have gone up by 16. This is only open to you guys that are in the UK only. So Lucy Usher doesn't kill me, okay, because of the postage. There's the QR code. Jump on that QR code for us. Like and subscribe onto our YouTube channel tonight, please. It's really important for the future of Red and Blue Review. If you want us to carry on doing this into the next season and the season after, jump on that QR code, like and subscribe and increase our numbers. We need to increase our uh, participation on YouTube and we will pick six out at random this evening, okay, from the chat, come back to the chat and just write the word done. Once you've written the word done, you will automatically be in a draw to win one of these mugs. So please, please, please scan that QR code with your mobile device right now. Get onto YouTube, like and subscribe. Come back and write in the chat that you've done it. And we will pick out six that we will announce at the next on the next show. Uh, and Nigel will produce a little list for you. Then I need all your contact details. Let's go for that. Right, coming up, what we've got going on, boys? We've got some, as he has already alluded to, uh, we've got the, uh, oh, I'll tell you what I want to touch on. Carl, I mentioned a few weeks ago, Carl Davis's Matrix. Now, you'll be aware that he's taking three lots of 
information from around the statistical industry with regards to the Premier League this season. And he's been accurate to very, very close over the last few seasons. And up until recently, we were sitting on a an average chance, uh, possibility of relegation of 10%. Well, I'm delighted to tell you now that it's, that's now been reduced after yesterday's win. Bear in mind, we're still only four points above the relegation, down to 4%. Okay, so 4% or less chance of us relegation. Um, I think we still need, and I think Jim alluded to it earlier on, probably a couple more wins out of the final nine games. Um, there are some slightly difficult ones, especially the away games coming up. And in fact, coming up this week, Oh, next week we've got on Sunday the 9th at 2 p.m. We're away at Leeds. Uh, Southampton away on the 15th at 3 o'clock kickoff. Then following that, we are home to Everton on the 22nd, which I think is, uh, yeah, yeah, 22nd of April, which is a 3 o'clock kickoff. Then home to Everton. I think that could be an interesting game, the Everton game. That could sort out quite a lot of how things uh end up in the season. And then uh, finally in April, uh, we have Wolves away on the 25th, half past seven in the evening on a Tuesday evening. Now, I understand with that Wolves game, there are still plenty of tickets available uh, for those of you and, and still some available for this week's Leeds game. So for those of you who weren't too sure because the way we were playing, jump on the website, get, your seat, get yourself an away ticket for both those games. You may even see me at Molyneux. Mr Noble, you and I need to have a discussion. Okay, I don't know if Grant told you we might need to have a discussion. So it sounds okay. it sounds promising. Um, predictions, boys. Let's do let's do let's just do the Leeds game for now. Okay, your predictions, please, out in Facebook land. How do you think the Leeds game will uh, play out, Jim? I'm going to come to you first. What do you think? Give us a prediction on score, uh, and we've already discussed formation. But so tell us how you think that that'll end up. Well, I'd like to think that we definitely get a point. I mean, I'm not going to predict a score, whether it's one all, nil nil. Uh, but Leeds aren't doing that well at the moment. You know, they've got stuffed again on Saturday, albeit against a very good side. But um, yeah, I, I fancy. I mean, the two games coming up, I definitely fancy two points, and possibly with Southampton, you can never be sure. But on the right day, you could quite comfortably beat them. So. But two points over two games, and I think we'd have done well. Tim? Four points. Hopefully. What, next Saturday? Yeah. We're going to get three points. Beat Leeds, beat Leeds and draw with Southampton. Oh, we were just doing Leeds. I was going to one, one, All right. one, win. So we're going to win. No score? Yeah. 2-1. Okay. Uh, lots of two-ones out in the chat as well. Ian? Yeah, one nil, um, one nil or two one, something like that. But I think we'll win at Leeds. Um, I think we'll take, we'll carry this through to the Leeds game. Of course, it's Easter Sunday, two p.m. kickoff. Fair play to everyone that's going to Leeds, by the way. Um, if you're travelling from the south, um, that game has been moved twice. First to five thirty on the Saturday, and then back to the Sunday because of Manchester City's involvement in the Champions League, which is a real shame. Um, I, for one, won't be going to this one. It's the first game I've missed all season. Um, and um, I think if you are going to it, fair play to you. And I wish you safe travels, for sure. Me too. And I'm reading through all the uh, predictions in the chat. Uh, Martin Bashford, 1-1. One, one. Paul Holden saying 2-1 to us. Uh, three shots on target. 55 for Palace. Yeah, well done, mate. Uh, lots, of, lots of different predictions going through in the chat. Um, 
I think that's actually going to be a draw. I'll go with a 1-1 draw and I would take a point away at Ellen Road. Not the easiest place to go to, for sure. Facebook user, I presume that's Tom Clark Samuels saying 1-1. Um, boys, I think we're going to wrap it there for the evening. We'll be back with you on Bank Holiday Monday. Well, I am back in the chat again. Okay, We need you to get liking and subscribing on our YouTube channel, please. UK only, UK only. And we're going to go back after the show and look at those words that have just said the word done in it okay uh, on behalf of myself the mighty jim cannon thanks for joining us mate no problem have a good week play lots of golf because i hear you need to practice tim yeah. simon, simon jordan says his absolute best regards i know yes not all and ian noble with all as always i can't do it and nigel croucher tim uh, tom Carter, samuel lucy Usher, and all the team behind the scenes we love you you take good care be safe god bless charlie Ellicott. Oh, good night. Good night.